Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. We made it another day. And when I say we made it another day, it's touch and go sometimes in California with all these flex alerts. We don't necessarily know whether we're going to burn up altogether or not. Yesterday, we talked about the proposed uh, system to grade these different heat waves, you know, hotter than hell, then really hot as F and all of that. And it seems to keep getting hotter and hotter. And this is running counter, I should say, alongside these fires up and down the state, but more specifically, the deadly wildfire in Hemet. And last we checked, and Mark, check uh, check my math on this. Tell me if I'm wrong. The Hemet area fire has uh, consumed more than 7,000 acres at this point. Uh, uh, as Ed McMahon would say, you are correct, sir. And the fire is 5% contained. Also correct. All right. And we're going to continue to watch that fire, but the heat wave, unfortunately, is not helping the fire situation. And in my just general um, just research on this heat wave, I come across this thing called this heat dome, and I have no idea what it is. I'm reading about possible temperatures in areas around San Francisco might even eclipse 120 degrees. What the heck is a heat dome? So I reached out to KFI's own Corbin Carson, who did a little research of his own on this, and hopefully he can help out, uh, you know, straighten out some of this. I mean, it seems like it would be obvious, but it doesn't make sense to me. Corbin, first, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm, I'm a 
little hot, as they say, because, you know, a when little. I, well, <laughs> you know, I'm fine in the studio, but the moment I leave the studio and try to go home or go to my car or leave my car, trying to go to my house, which I'm not supposed to be using my air conditioning between 4 and 9 p.m., it's a little bit uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, so that's what that's what everyone's dealing with. I mean, going to this press conference, uh, hearing from some of the new fire assets in L.A. County today, I was drenched with sweat before, I mean, seconds after I'm out of my car. But let's talk about this heat dome. It's a little complicated, but basically it occurs when a persistent region of high pressure traps heat over an area. That's pretty much the simplest way to explain it. But I caught up with uh, Cal State L.A. adjunct professor Ilya Naiman, and he basically said, again, that's the high pressure that's been stuck for several days, Trapping heat in a region. High pressure is like an atmospheric goalie. It basically blocks storms from coming in and brings the air significantly warmer during the summertime. So as the high pressure expands, the heating is caused by air that compresses. So we've got high pressure compressing the air, and as it compresses, it warms up. And so that heat causes the air to warm. And that warmth basically expands out and it sets up shop over an area, in our case, over the southwest U.S. and has been baking Southern California for day after day after day. And so basically, normally that sort of jet stream moves in a wave-like pattern, he was explaining. It meanders north and south and then north again. And sometimes those meanders, they become bigger, but they also move slower, and then they become stationary. And that's, and that's when these heat domes can, uh, can occur. And, and then they can get worse, uh, one more here from him, uh, as the warm air comes down off of the mountains. Also, similarly speaking, when air goes down the mountains, as we get during Santa Ana winds, that air also compresses, warms, and heats up. So we've got basically a huge version of compressional air happening over Southern California over the last several days. It's gonna stay for maybe a couple more days, and then we are watching a tropical system. It's going to be a once in a multi-decadal event, a pretty rare chance for tropical weather to hit Southern California. It has happened before, it's not unprecedented, but this is going to be a once in a multi-decade type storm that is going to be affecting our weather in Southern California towards this weekend. And so basically some good news. Now the actual impact of that storm is uncertain. Some of the models say it won't move as far north as predicted, but uh, we should, at least what forecasters say, we should at least see some rain. Okay, because I was getting the feeling that he was saying that a hurricane was going to come our way. You know what? We have been hearing about that. And here, let him go on and talk about the hurricane. Okay. It's going to go out with a bang. About Friday to Saturday, we've got a hurricane over the Pacific, Hurricane K, and she's going up this way. Hurricane K is going to be moving into position. And as that occurs, the heat dome is going to finally let up, but not without a fight. And that's when we expect some very active weather in the form of showers, thunderstorms, potentially flooding rainfall in parts of Southern California as the hurricane interacts with the heat dome in position over our area right now. Fun, fun. Well, a little it, bit of rain to go with this heat. <laughs> okay, it's clear then that the professor was saying that this was a very unusual um, environmental event. It hasn't happened in many decades, but did we get a sense of whether it was due to external forces, whether it was due to climate change? Was there any per, uh, precipitous cause for something like this that we know of? 
Certainly climate change is being pushed around as, as one of the main impacts uh, of what's going on. Both I was hearing that from fire officials in connection with the wildfire. I mean, even a, a SoCal Edison official today told me that, you know, they're not ignoring the impacts of climate change. So certainly that has been part of the conversation as to, you know, what what is what we can expect over the next couple of days. And, and honestly, what the what the worst part is that we're facing as far as humans when this heat, heat dome happens is the impacts of that stagnant weather. Uh, it can it can weaken the winds that we're that we're used to feeling that can cool us off. And then they it can increase the humidity. And, and you put those things together. The heat will not only feel worse. It's more dangerous because the human body's not cooled off, not cooled off as much by the sweating. And typically what we hear from from that is uh, when we hear what that is, it's from the heat index. It's the combination of heat and humidity, and it often allows people to understand the danger uh, of what it'll feel like. And then on top of that, that high humidity doesn't allow us to cool off at night. I don't know about you, but I love turning, uh, opening the windows here in best part about Southern California, opening the windows after the sun goes down, which we've kind of been missing here over the right. last few days. And then those, you know, those warm nights give people without air conditioning, you know, they have nowhere to kind of cool off. And, and that can cause, you know, some serious problems. One of the most interesting examples of these impacts of heat, heat domes uh, that I ran across during the research to talk to you, it happened in the summer of 1995 in in, uh, Chicago when 739 people died over five days as a result of a heat dome. Didn't you come to us from Arizona? I did and I just actually flew back from Arizona last night got a good look at the Hemet fi uh, fire coming into Orange County and it was hot there too but I got to tell you that humidity is uh, not there okay. in, in Phoenix and even though we're about 10 degrees hotter it, it is just not there. So it's like a dry oven heat as we were talking about not like an air right. fryer heat. Okay. Cooking without oil, I like to say. <laughs> Corbin Carson, thank you so much for doing this for us. Thank you, sir. This is the John and Ken Show. We have more information about this new Flex Alert tracker. We'll tell you about it when we come back. KFI AM 640. I'm Mo Kelly in for John and Ken. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Mo Kelly in for John and Ken. You might know me as the host of the Mo Kelly Show, which airs Saturdays and Sundays here on KFI from 6 to 8 p.m. and 7 to 10 p.m. respectively. And if you're just unfamiliar with me, want to know who the hell I am, you can always check out my personal website at MrMoKelly.com. You can hit me on social media at MrMoKelly, M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y. Let's keep the conversation going. And now it's time for a little bit of accountability. I'll start with you, Mark Ronner. Did you turn off your air conditioner from 4 to 9 p.m. yesterday during the Flex Alert? Uh... Well, I live in a place that has the air on. Uh, and this is a simple question, Mark. Stop stop stalling. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> the heat has exhausted me too much to argue with you. This is terrible. This is another byproduct of the debilitating heat is I can't really stand up to your crap today. <laughs> I'll give you ample opportunity. Uh, the, the, short, the, the, the short direct answer is I turned off the, the heat that was close or the, the AC that was close to me in my private personal area, but the air in the overall place where I live was on and there wasn't a thing I could do about it. Thank God. Okay. All right. Eric, did you turn off the air between four and nine? Uh, no. I like that. That's honesty. <laughs> I would ask Ray and Dana, but they're out of eye shot and possibly ear shot. They're in here. Oh, can I get on the mic? Yeah. Hit the, hit the on button. Yeah, right. right there. Can you get they're scrambling for headphones. Okay. Okay. I just want some accountability uh -huh. here. 
because before I call out the governor, I got to make sure we're doing our part here at KFI individually and collectively. While they're looking for headphones, I'll talk about me. <laughs> I, 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 I got you right here, Bo. Okay, okay Ray. Right. So, so here's the thing. Oh, uh, a story. <laughs> I, and we talked about this the other day, right? We talked about, I don't want to walk into a warm house. Right. I'm going to leave it on all day, even though nobody's home. Because I, when I get home, I don't want to be sweaty, steamy, and stinky more than I already am. So, I don't want a warm house when I want to come home and sit down and watch the Dodgers. When you leave it on, though, what is it set for? Is it set for like 72? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, no, 73. <laughs> oh, I was trying to be funny. You were serious. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you want a chilly, frosty up in that mother hey, father. Uh, who's going to pay it? Uh, is, is, is Gavin Newsom going to pay my bill? No, no I'm going to pay my bill, so I'm leaving it on. I'm not against that if only because I've long been of the opinion, especially when I was single living by myself, I know my either my carbon fruit, uh, footprint or my usage has to pale in comparison to uh, four-member families or you have these big houses. I was living in a two-bedroom condo, and it was just me at the time. So whatever I was using had to have been minuscule in comparison. So I don't know the size of your house, Ray, but I understand where you're coming from, and I can be empathetic to that. But it makes it more difficult for me to put my foot in Gavin Newsom's ass. Next segment is coming up next. If we're not doing our part. I, I, you know, I, w- I want you to put your foot up his ass, too. But, I, you know, I, I can understand, you know, that, that uh, you know, it's, it's just tough for people to, you know, to just turn everything off. It is. It is. It is. I do not deny that. Uh, just to tell my business, my air was not on. I have a nest so I can do it remotely. But it's set at, I think it's like 82. I have to check. But it's like usually set at 82. So it's not too hot for the dogs. So they don't like die of heat stroke in the house, but it's not like we're leaving it on the whole day. It will turn on and off as it gets hotter than 82 in the house. So let me ask you this, Mo. What about your dogs? Do they stay outside or do they come in? Because you told me you have a doggy door for them. Yes, they, for the most part, stay inside. We have ring cams as far as we can see the backyard. So I know when they're not in the backyard, which says they're in the house. And they sleep for the most of the day when we're, when I say we're, my wife and I are not at home. That's what I would do. I'd just sleep all day if I could. Yeah, Man, but I had great. to come to, um, to work today, unfortunately. Well, check this out, Mo. So they, so again, they, so they come in on their own. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you give them free will to come and go as they please. So, yes. It, so okay, and they choose to be inside. Yes, yes, they do. Smart dogs. Yeah. Th- no, they do not like extremes in temperature. They will not go out early in the morning in the winter if it's cold to do their business or anything, they'll wait until later in the morning where it warms up, and they're not going to go out in the middle of the day when it's hot. So, I mean, they're not dumb in that regard. I mean, it's it's uncomfortable outside. I think in my house area, it's about maybe 95 to 100 right about now. I'm not exactly sure. I'll check. But, Producer Dana, your turn. It was off. But you- not because, you know, it just doesn't work anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have any AC to turn off. No Okay, you win. You win. Maybe we should start like a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter. Dana, you get like a, a space, uh, one of those things, units you can place in a window. Yeah, it's been tough nights for sure. So do you like sleep with the windows open, the doors open, everything? A fan for but, now. But the fans don't work at night, especially. They just blow no, hot air. Exactly. But it's better than nothing. All right, here's a real ghetto fabulous trick. Get like a, a, a tub of water, throw some ice in it. 
and then put it like in front of the fan. Does that really work? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I've I'm got, offended at you. No, no. I, I've, I've just got these distant memories of trying it, like back in college or something, and not uh, not having it work at all. But you're you're confirming that it does actually help significantly. Yes. One recommendation: don't oscillate the fan. It has to be like directly blowing. Well, check this out. My grandma, she, she, you know, we complained it was hot, and we didn't have no, you know, air conditioning at our house. So she said, you know, in Spanish, get a baggie and put ice in it and put it in your pillow. And shut up, and it worked for about fifteen minutes, and then the water started. So we went to sleep out. by that, but yeah. you know, but we went to sleep. That sounds miserable. You know, I, hey, I'm first generation. What he do you want from have, me? He, uh, Mark must have come from a very privileged background or something. I, I mean, exactly the opposite of that. <laughs> I know that. That's why I'm giving you a hard <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> okay, so part of the reason why we're talking about this because we are all finding ways to deal with this or not deal with this. Sometimes we have to. Uh, deal with it because we have no choice like producer Dana or we're making conscious decisions in direct contravention of what we've been asked to do. It's not like the water band where we're forced to do it, quote unquote. We're being asked to turn off our uh, air conditioners and unnecessary appliances between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. And if, and if you're curious about how we're doing uh, locally, how we're doing across the state, you can go to CAI. So.com. Again, that's CAISO.com. And there you will see the Flex Alert tracker to show you how we're doing across the state and how close we are to overloading the power grid. Is it accurate? I don't know, but it's cool to look at. It gives you some point of reference in terms of whether we are using a lot of wattage, a lot of energy, more than possibly we should, or if we're getting dangerously close to these rolling blackouts. And that's the thing I don't understand. Yesterday they said, rolling blackouts, they're coming. And then I woke up this morning, rolling blackouts, they're not coming. But we're still under flex alert and we're using more energy than we did the day before. I don't quite understand the math. It doesn't make sense to me. You know what, what else doesn't make sense to me? If you're going to address the whole state of California about the seriousness and the need to conserve energy for the sake of all Californians, can you not do it in a winter hooded fleece? Can you not do that just for the sake of appearances? Lie to me. Just at least act like you don't have the air conditioning on in the background. I could have sworn I heard the worrying of the, of the air conditioner. We're talking about Gavin Newsom. We'll tell you about it when we come back. This is the John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640. I'm Mo Kelly in for John and Ken. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I feel the need to say this up front. I don't personally dislike Governor Gavin Newsom. I've never met him. I don't know him on any level. I've never had the opportunity to interview him. I've reached out to his office many times. I've even reached out via his personal email that I happen to get from a friend and he's never responded, or I should say his office at least, has never responded to any of my requests to have him on. There are some legitimate issues which should be broached and he should have to answer for. And I think it's my job to at least ask the questions. I can't necessarily determine how he will answer the questions, but I think it's my job to ask the questions. So when I do criticize him, it is not out of some sort of anger that he won't come on or or 
that I'm somehow uh, mad about that. I think that um, it's in the best interest of anyone listening to hear from the governor on any number of these issues. So it's not personal. And there are some criticism, criticism, uh, criticisms of him which I do think are unfair and are insincere and are, frankly, just partisan in nature. They're not amounting to anything. But there are times, including right now, in which I'll explain to you that the criticism is deserved and also indicative of a level of insincerity on his part, which I think needs to be highlighted. Here's what I mean. There's a video going around, just in case you haven't seen it, maybe we can get it up at the KFIAM640.com, um, John and Ken show page, where the governor, Gavin Newsom, is addressing all of California, talking about the need to conserve energy. On its face, that seems okay. That seems logical. We may not agree with what needs to be done to address our infrastructure, but I think we all can agree that it is worthy of the attention of the governor to address the energy needs of everyone living in this state, as he is the chief executive officer of the state, you could say. But when he does it, and I I got it somewhat wrong. I said he was in a a fleece hoodie. He, there's no hood, okay? But it's still a fleece jacket, if you will. He has on a fleece jacket and a baseball hat, which says to me, winter, not dead of summer, not heat wave, not that he is actually suffering in any way, not that he does not have his air conditioning on. I know triple negative. But at the same time, he wants us, he's imploring us how important this is. And it just says to us, not only are you dishonest and insincere, you're just straight up lying because not only did you make that video between 4 and 9 p.m., you clearly had the air conditioning on because you're in the same state as us, presumably, unless you're somewhere else. But I have to assume that you're in California and it's probably 100 degrees where you are and the air conditioner must be blowing awful high for you to be comfortable enough to wear a fleece jacket. So listen to this. California and many other Western states are experiencing simply unprecedented temperatures. In fact, this heat wave is on track to be both the hottest and the longest on record for the state and many parts of the West for the month of September. Californians, you've stepped up to help in a big way to keep the lights on so far. But we're heading, we're heading to the worst part of this heat wave and the risk for outages is real and it's immediate. These triple-digit temperatures throughout much of our state are, are leading, not surprisingly, to record demand on the energy grid. Everyone has to do their part to help step up for just a few more Everyone. Individuals, the state, industries, business, all doing their part to help reduce strain on the grid. Now, here's specifically what you can do. In the early morning hours, particularly tomorrow and the next day or so, pre-cool your home. Run your air conditioning earlier in the day when more power is available. And we encourage you to close your windows and blinds to keep your home cool as well. And today and tomorrow afternoon after 4 p.m., in particular 4 p.m., please turn your thermostat up to 78 degrees or higher and avoid to the extent possible using any really large appliances. You can visit flexalert.org to learn more about what you can do. Californians, you've rallied before and we can do it again. Keep it up. In terms of the content of his message, I don't have any problem with it. In terms of the content, in terms of the message delivery, I have a problem with it. If only because we know that the governor, the person, you know, the messenger is as important as the message itself. 
The messenger is telling us we need to conserve energy when clearly, given how that message was put together, he's not doing it. And it's fair to highlight that. And I had a friend text me right now, and I'm not going to tell you who it is because you may know the person, but the friend texted me and said, maybe the governor should spend more time instead of talking about the state's surplus, which he's been known to do, put that money to work, fix the grid, improve the grid, whatever needs to be done to improve our infrastructure specifically related to this issue. Because if you do, then maybe we won't be dealing with this next year or in the subsequent years. Because it's, if we take climatologists at their word and it's going to be um, global warming and it's going to be hotter, we're going to have longer heat waves in the summers, in the subsequent summers, then it's incumbent upon us to act accordingly. If we are actually going to be requiring um, dealerships to only sell EVs as far as new cars in 2035 and beyond, then we need to act accordingly and make sure we address our infrastructure to be able to handle it, to, to make sure that we are ready for it. There's nothing wrong with the message. But there's something something clearly wrong with the messenger and how the message is being delivered. And let me go inside politics for a moment. There was someone in that room either handling the camera or somehow uh, directing the governor in the taping of that video. There should have been someone who said, uh, sorry, Mr. Governor, but you need to take that fleece jacket off or you need to take the hat off. You need to at least look as if you are dealing with the same problems and issues as the other people who live in California, if just for appearances sake. Politicians lie all the time. Why can't they lie in a way which seems a little less insincere? Why can't you go ahead and lie and take off the fleece jacket and make it seem like it's at least hot in the room. I don't know. Get a spray bottle and spray some water on him. Make him look like he's sweating or something. I would much rather see that than see the governor in a fleece jacket knowing good and damn well that the air conditioner is probably blowing on 10 and has been for the past five hours. So when he then delivers the message that we're all in this together or we all have to do our part, which he said literally word for word, it makes it at least a little less distracting. It seems a little more believable, a little more digestible. And then I am more able and more likely to receive the message as it is. And then we can spend more time talking about the message as opposed to the messenger. This is the John and Ken Show, KFI AM640. I'm Mo Kelly. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And I got this story from producer Ray today, and I was just blown away. I did not have any idea that it was this bad. And I, I look at this, obviously it's in conjunction with any other story we're discussing regarding the heat wave or even the fires. It seems like all of these stories are connected on some level. But I did not know, and probably you did not know either, that in terms of the United States, 10 children have died in hot cars in just the month of August. And you have to put that within the context of we are now more knowledgeable than ever about the dangers of an, of an unattended child in a hot car. We are more aware of how quickly a child can die. In other words, we as just ordinary citizens, we're looking at other people's cars. And if we see an unattended child in a car with the windows rolled up, 
and it might be hot outside, we're aware that something needs to be done and we will most likely intervene. But I did not know that we're still at a point in which we're losing so many children just because of unattended children, these hot car deaths. As I was saying, in August alone, 10 children died of vehicular heat stroke. Now, this is according to the National Highway Transit uh, Traffic Safety Administration. And you might wonder, well, how does it happen, given that we should be much more aware? And I guess if I were to look at this data and take a step back, I guess a part of it is just we get caught up in our lives and sometimes we're absent-minded. We may think, wrongly think, that we can run into the store and it's maybe not too hot outside and we won't be in there too long. And we come back and then something tragic has happened. But this is something that I did not know. And hopefully I can pass along to you and you will be better informed and prepared just in the case that you may think that, well, I won't be gone too long or it's not that big a deal or it's okay. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than adults. In other words, it doesn't take as long as it, wa- as it might for you or me if we were in that same car. And for children, heat stroke starts when their core body temperature reaches 104 degrees. Death is at 107 degrees, and it can happen in minutes. In 2018 and 2019, the U.S. saw a record number of hot car deaths. According to NoHeatStroke.org, 53 children died in each of those years, which is the most reported in the last 20 years. And I'm not trying to be funny I'm trying to think of why we're, we were either smarter or this happened less in previous years. Because I remember, and again, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm, I'm being serious. I remember the cars of the 80s and the 70s were much hard, hotter in nature. That vinyl, I can't even call it leather, the vinyl seats the, the, you understand what I'm saying, Mark. I mean, the cars were much more likely to get someone killed, a child, especially in the summer. Those were torture. And, but it didn't happen. So either parents were more aware, more attentive, because the cars were seemingly more dangerous, or there's another variable in this question that I just don't know. I remember... My father had an old blue, I think it was like a 64, it wasn't a Corvair, but it was something like that. And they had these vinyl seats that you would stick to in the summer and you would get physically burned. It made a good noise when you were peeling off. Oh, absolutely. You remember the noise? No exaggeration. (laughs) You would stick to it and you would get physically burned by the seats. And there would be no way in the world that we would be left in the car. Going back to yesterday, talking about the joke of having to roll down the windows. Well, we couldn't even roll down the windows because it was broken. So the whole idea, it was a convertible and there was a hole in that plastic window. So that provided some relief, but there was no way a child would be left in a car like that. And I don't believe that parents in general would leave children in cars, if only because those cars were obviously much more dangerous in nature. And I know if you're under the age of maybe 30, 35, you have no memory of how physically uncomfortable cars were in the summer. And going back to what I was saying yesterday, air conditioning was an option. It was a luxury back then. Not all those cars had air conditioning. So you could imagine being in a car with those physical manual roll down windows, that vinyl pleather, 
for seats. And it would get so hot, Mark, you'd remember this. It would get so hot that the dashboards would crack. And yeah, were- that was real common. And people don't really understand that back in the old days, sweating was a primary activity. You'd ask somebody what they're going to do for the evening. They're just going to sweat. You don't do anything else with it. You just sit around and sweat. And remember the 1970s. And I know my my late grandmother, my father's mother would do this. And I see other people do it. Smoking was very big back in the 70s. And people would smoke in the car with the windows rolled up in the summer. I don't know how people did not just die on the spot from lack of oxygen. Every place smelled like smoke back then. And I'm reminded of that when I go to places like Las Vegas because people will smoke in the casinos hot as hell in that regard. People will smoke in the casinos, smoke in the restaurants. And if you've been in California for any length of time where you don't have the, uh, that indoor smoking, you get, um, you get accustomed to not smelling the smoke very quickly, very, very quickly. And so when you go to places where they do smoke everywhere, like down south, or if you go to Europe, People still smoke a lot, and and I and I don't get that. It, I know I'm digressing here, but it's just that it's interesting how times have changed, and somehow we have a higher susceptibility to people dying going back to to hot cars than we did 20 and 30 years ago, where seemingly the environment was much more conducive to having children die. In hot cars, cars were much more deadly, if you will, back then, as opposed to now. Maybe there's a false sense of security. If you leave a child in a very plush, plush SUV in the summer, as opposed to the rinky dink boats that we had. And the cars were just physically different. The metal in which they were made with is just much more uh, solid in nature. The cars were just put it this way. They were much more conducive to conducting heat. That's the point I'm trying to make. They were magnets for all sorts of heat, and yet, according to the data, and I have to assume they still had this data, they still charted the data years ago, children were not dying, even though it would be easier for children to die in those cars during those summers under those similar circumstances. So something has changed, I guess, now with the idea of parenting, where people either are not paying attention or they're just not invested in the welfare of their children. Maybe that's it. Because there's not a time I remember where, I should say, I don't remember a time in which I saw so many children being left unattended in cars in general. I'm more aware of it because working in news media and you cover these stories, you think about it more. And so when you see it, you're more inclined to recognize it. Now, I have not had the situation where I felt the need to to knock on the window or go into the store and have them do an announcement. Hey, someone with the, the gray Jaguar outside, your, your kid is in the car. Because for the most part, what I've seen, the windows were rolled down and maybe it was it was a mild temperature outside. But clearly, I'm not the only one who needs to pay attention because these uh, children are still dying routinely. And you would think at this point, people would be hyper aware and hyper vigilant, but clearly we're not. And maybe there is a discussion to be had about just parenting is maybe we're just so invested in not knowing what is going on right around us in our surroundings that these things happen. Because I can't 
remember a day in which I'm walking through a grocery store or any other store in which someone doesn't walk into me, straight into me because they're on their phone and not paying attention. We are just so wrapped up in ourselves and our phone and our immediate surroundings that, yeah, I could see on some level why kids are dying because parents are not paying attention. This is the John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.